Welcome to the Superhero News Show. My name is Sean Gerber, and I'm here to break down today's top stories, starting with what else? As the galaxy turns, it's another day, another development in the story of James Gunn being fired by Disney from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So here's the latest. In a new report from The Hollywood Reporter today, there was some information about other studios, other major studios being interested in James Gunn, but what has to happen first is that all of his his entire exit from Disney has to be settled before that can happen. Now, even though James Gunn was fired last month, he had a contract in place for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And even though Disney cited their values and, and why they fired him for those old tweets, because those tweets happened long before James Gunn's cu- current contract for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, they actually happened before his first contract with Disney for the first Guardians film, but it all happened before this current contract for Guardians 3, which means... It doesn't constitute a breach of James Gunn's contract, so Disney has to negotiate some sort of settlement, and there are a few complications as far as that goes. First is that, well, it's actually good news. Disney wants to keep James Gunn's script for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He's already turned in at least one draft. Now, that's great news if you're a fan. It's also great news if you're Dave Bautista, who just a couple days ago was insisting that he would ask for his release if they didn't keep James Gunn's script. Well, it looks like the plan is to keep Gunn's script. Now, another complication in this matter, though, is that Maybe, just maybe, Disney wants to keep working with Gunn. And part of that report from Hollywood Reporter is they said a couple of sources have told them that Disney may still want to work with Gunn, whether that's in some capacity on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as director or perhaps in another role, uh, or perhaps working with him on a future film. Disney may still want to be in business with James Gunn. Now, another complication on this. Now, actually, let me talk about this part first. If Disney wants to stay in business with, with, business with James Gunn, then I don't really understand why they wouldn't just go ahead and keep him as the director of Guardians 3. Now, Variety had sources last week that were telling them that James Gunn is not likely to be reinstated as the director of Guardians 3. But if Disney has interest in working with him, whether it's today or whether it's a couple years from now, his tweets are still going to be there. So if those tweets are still against Disney's values and they're not willing to consider how much time has passed and whether or not James Gunn has changed... If they're not willing to do that now, then why does it make it doesn't really make that much more sense to do it a couple years from now? All they're really doing is taking themselves out of the James Gunn business, and then somebody else is going to be willing to step in right away. So I think if Disney has any interest at all in continuing to work with James Gunn in the future, then they might as well just go ahead and keep him as director now. But let's just say that they don't, then they could be negotiating for him to have some other role. Maybe he stays on as the writer of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 all the way through, or at least do a few more revisions to get the script ready to, uh, for shooting. Maybe it's that. Maybe he stays on as a producer to help kind of guide the project, even with a new director coming in. Perhaps that's part of the equation. I'm not really sure. But the other issues with settling this is that because James Gunn has this contract, he's going to have to be paid. Now, how much he's going to be paid really depends on the status of that contract. Now, there is a contract in place, but it may not have reached that pay-or-play status, according to The Hollywood Reporter, in which James Gunn would have to be paid his entire directing fee, regardless of whether or not he was used to direct the film. Because even though Guardians of the Galaxy is a movie we all knew was going to happen, it may not have received its official green light from Disney and Marvel Studios, and also wasn't within eight weeks of starting production, which are usually the things that trigger that pay-or-play status on a contract. But Hollywood Reporter still estimates that James Gunn is going to be paid at least 7 to $10 million to perhaps not make a movie. But Disney really may want to rethink this whole thing 
and whether or not they really want to sever their relationship with James Gunn. Because if they don't, according to The Hollywood Reporter, there are a lot of studios. The other major studios would be happy to work with James Gunn. And among the studios listed is Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers, as we know, owns DC Films. So Warner Brothers would be among the studios that could go after James Gunn the second he is done with Disney. Now, nobody wants to jump in right now because they want to wait and see. They want to wait for whatever negotiation is happening right now between Disney and James Gunn. They want that to be completed before they try to step in and create any new projects or try to hire gun for anything else. But at, once that's done, there are rival studio executives who have told the Hollywood reporter that they would be, they would still work with James Gunn. They don't consider like Disney did that these old tweets are beyond the pale and to the point where James Gunn has to be completely condemned and can never work in this town again. That's not how people feel. Warner brothers doesn't seem to feel that way. And when you look at Warner brothers and they're trying to turn around DC films and they have projects that James Gunn would be great for, you got, and you have to understand why they would look at James Gunn. Here's a guy who took Guardians of the Galaxy, a franchise that even a lot of comic book fans had never heard of. The franchise that a lot of people were kind of laughing at it before the movie came out, especially when it was announced in 2012. Oh, the one with the talking tree and the one with the talking raccoon? Why are they making that movie? Within just a couple years, all of those characters, including the talking tree, including the talking raccoon, were household names. And the Guardians franchise has quickly become one of the most beloved and successful franchises going right now. And it made a, and it was a big part of the success of Avengers Infinity War was bringing those characters together with the Avengers. And so it's obvious why any studio would want to work with James Gunn. And when you have a big cosmic franchise like Green Lantern Corps, that's probably something Warner Brothers would try to see if James Gunn is at least interested in. We know he's interested in making a DC movie. He's mentioned ideas for characters, DC characters he likes. He has said that he would make a DC movie one day or he would like to. Of course, that would have to be after his involvement with Marvel was done. But if that's going to be done very soon, then of course he's wide open to make a DC project. If it's not Green Lantern Corps, then maybe it's something irreverent like Boost or gold any of those projects along with several others would be would work for gun the question would be will james gunn want to jump into comic book movies right away or will he want to do something else because other studios are going to step up and they're going to offer james gunn all kinds of projects somebody's probably going to offer him a blockbuster budget for whatever original idea he has to go out and make a film. He's going to have a lot of options. So there's hardly a guarantee that just because Warner Brothers is interested in him, that their interest would only be limited to DC properties. And even if it is, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the opportunity that James Gunn is going to go after. He may go for something else. But the message is loud and clear if you're Disney. If you want to be in business with James Gunn, you might as well do it now because if you try to say that that's something that you're going to do in the future, he may not be available for you in the future. He may be moving on to other things. Now, sticking with DC for our next topic, we have a report coming out of Geeks Worldwide that the Joker origin film that's being directed by Todd Phillips and will star, of course, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be rated R. They have access to some casting breakdowns that also give some information that there are going to be some smaller female roles in the movie that will include nudity. There's somebody playing a male stripper in the film. So I don't really care so much about the nudity uh, aspect of all this. But as far as the R rating, it makes sense. It's the Joker. This is a violent nasty, brutal, vicious character, and this is a movie that is dedicated to him. It's not a Batman movie where he's stopping the Joker. This is the Joker's movie. So the R rating makes sense, and it's, it's, it's especially true when we consider that 
this movie's not going to have a super high budget. This is going to be more in that Deadpool range as far as budgets goes. There's been estimates that put this in the mid $50 million range as a budget. So even though it would be nice if it made Deadpool money and made $700 million worldwide, it doesn't have to in order to be a very profitable movie. So you can go after a smaller audience that you normally would get when you move from the PG-13 to R-rated space. This also is not going to be a summer blockbuster. This has an October release next year. So based on the content, the character, as well as the the timing and the budget, I have no problem with an R rating for this film. I think it makes sense. I don't think a Joker movie has to be R rated, but it's certainly a valid option if you want to go that route. So this could make a lot of sense, and, and certainly it allows them to do things in this film with this character that we have seen in comics but haven't necessarily seen in movies. So I totally get it. And if that's the play that Warner Brothers wants to make on this and that's what Todd Phillips wants to do, and then and if that's what's attracting people like Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro to the project, by all means, go for it. I have no issue with that. Now, the last bit of news I want to talk about today has to do with the Oscars. So the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences today sent out a letter to its membership advising them of some changes. They are trying to ultimately improve the Oscar telecast. So they're going to be streamlining it to make sure it's a tight three hours. That's going to include taking some categories that are maybe not so popular. Sorry, documentary short subject. And although they didn't actually announce which categories it would be, but they're going to take some categories. They will have those awards presented essentially during the commercial breaks of the Academy Awards broadcast and then edit it back into the broadcast elsewhere to try and save time. Uh, they're also going to eventually be moving the Oscars further up into February, sooner into February, as opposed to being at the end of the month. They were going to put it closer to the beginning of that month to be closer to when the nominations are announced so they don't lose any of that momentum. But they're saying that won't change any of their voting processes. But the big news as it relates to superhero movies is what is essentially the superhero movie and Star Wars award. That's not what they're calling it, but there's going to be a new category. They don't have any uh, eligibility requirements defined yet. That's all going to come later, but there's going to be an award, a category that recognizes achievement in popular films. So this is most likely going to be genre films, which, of course, the biggest things going are Marvel movies, DC movies, and Star Wars. There will be other things, I would imagine, breakout horror and thriller hits like maybe a quiet place this year those are the kinds of movies that will be up for this award but we know that we're also going to be looking at the marvel studios films the dc films and star wars and all the lucasfilm stuff and, and maybe some animated films as well will double dip from the animated feature category and also be part of the popular films category now there's no question that this is driven by ratings for the academy i don't think they're doing this because they feel like they really ought to be recognizing these films or anything like that. Maybe they feel that way, but this is really driven by how do we get more people to watch the show? Well, we need more nominations for the films that most moviegoers are actually seeing in the theater and are more invested in. So you have a category like this. And I'm of two minds on the subject. On the one hand, it's nice to have a category where a lot of the films that we love that so often don't get recognized in a lot of other in a lot of categories especially best picture and things like that it's nice that some of the individuals who are responsible for making those films will get recognized that producers and or directors of these films cuz they didn't say who would get the oscar will it be the director of the film or will it be the producer of the film like you do for best picture or but in any case the people who make these movies are going to be the ones who 
finally get recognition, finally get to walk up on that stage and get an Oscar for an achievement in making a really great genre film. That part is exciting. The downside is that this doesn't really feel like the Academy is has addressed the real issue. This feels like a punt. It feels like, and it really feels like pandering, which it, you know, which is to say that rather than figuring out the voting process and even changing, altering the voting process, or really addressing this with its membership and adding new members or maybe excluding members or whatever it is, it doesn't address this other issue, which is that. The Academy voters, by and large, have a narrow-minded view of what constitutes real art, of what constitutes a legitimate, what they perceive as, a legitimate achievement in film. And it is a lot of times predicated on subject matter. So because something is features superheroes or space battles or laser swords or whatever, it doesn't get to be eligible for Best Picture. It is almost immediately eliminated. And while it's nice to have this category for these popular films, my fear is that this will essentially be what all of these films settle for, and it will make it even harder. It's already been difficult to be for these films to be nominated for Best Picture. I mean, dark, it, the controversy all really started with The Dark Knight 10 years ago, and then it's been brought back up in subsequent years, including last year with Wonder Woman, and now there's a lot of talk about will it happen again this year with Black Panther, or Avengers Infinity War, but especially Black Panther, because that's a film that's gotten a lot of awards chatter. In fact, Black Panther was mentioned multiple times during this year's Academy Awards, even though it obviously wasn't nominated because those awards were for last year's films. But they kept talking about Black Panther throughout the broadcast because Black Panther was in the midst of its huge box office run. But I think the Academy was probably in a position where they thought, "Uh uh-oh, what if we name drop Black Panther three times during our last uh, telecast and then we do the Oscars now and we don't nominate for Best Picture? We got to make sure Black Panther is nominated for something. Uh, and maybe we also got to make sure Avengers Infinity War is nominated for something, but we know it's not realistic that, or it's in the, the, the odds are not great of either of those films being nominated for Best Picture. And so it's a little, I, I hope that this doesn't tr- uh, turn out to be the thing that genre films always have to settle for and that they can never be recognized alongside and that the the people who make these films, I'm glad they'll be recognized in this category, but I also want them to be recognized alongside their peers who are making other kinds of films because just because these films feature characters in colorful costumes and have some fantastical elements, that doesn't mean they're not about very real things. Not all of them are, but sometimes you have a film, like if you watched The Dark Knight 10 years ago, and all you got from it was that a guy dressed as a bat was chasing around a guy dressed as a clown, you misread the film. There was a lot more there, and there's been a lot more there in other films that have come out over the course of these several years. And so I hope this doesn't ultimately prove to be an easy out for the Academy. This is how we're going to get people to watch the show. We'll make sure we have a category for these popular films. So we have them over here in this corner, but we're not really recognizing them. It's the popular film category. Who really cares? Because you run the risk, and and maybe this is already going to happen. The, I, I worry that the Academy has made their own official statement and in, in reinforced the idea to all these Academy members who haven't been properly recognizing these films before of saying, yeah, you're right. They're not in this category. They are different than the films we like to recognize. They are different than the period dramas. They are different than the films that are about the making of movies and the struggles of artists because of how important we are. They are, they're different than that, and by different, we also kind of mean less than, don't we? 
That's what I hope this doesn't turn into because that's kind of what it looks like to me. So sometimes the right thing can happen for the wrong reasons. And the right thing here is people who do a great job making genre films being recognized for their work. That is exciting. But some of the wrong thing, some of the wrong things that I'm spotting behind it, some of what I see underneath the very thin surface of this decision by the Academy, that I find a little bit troubling and it's a little difficult to stomach. But at the end of the day, if we end up with Oscar nominations next year in this popular film category and it results in Ryan Coogler or Kevin Feige or the Russo brothers or whoever being brought up on that stage and getting an Oscar for their work, then it's, it really isn't all bad. And I'll be happy to see them get the recognition that they deserve, even if it's not quite in the category that they deserve. But that is going to wrap up today's edition of the Superhero News Show. Make sure you keep up with us every day at SuperheroNews.com, Facebook and Instagram at SuperheroNewscom, as well as Twitter at SuperheroNewsCB. And if you'd like to keep up with me, you can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Superhero News... I'm Sean. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.